0: Hello and welcome to the download. I'm your host Dave Richardson and it is Tuesdays on a Thursday, which is uh, kind of just, just par for the course, eh, Stuart? <laughs> it just shows our flexibility, Dave. We can go on any day. I, I know, I know. Uh, I'm I'm looking forward to uh, to this Sunday afternoon when we uh, <laughs> when 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 we do one. Yeah. Or, 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 or or maybe not, yeah. but at at the very least, yeah, we're we're flexible through the work week. Which is uh, which seems to be a somewhat shorter work week these days. It uh, seems like most people work uh, kind of Tuesday to Thursday in terms of their office time.
1: That, is, that, ha- that has been the case. I would say it's changing at the margin. Uh, yeah. and I, I kind of think in the fall it'll be back on uh, on, uh, on a bit more, but uh, you know you're definitely right. on Friday, uh, it's pretty quiet. Yeah,
0: I, I don't know what's special about Friday in the summer, but uh, I haven't figured it out why why people uh, don't come to the office on Friday as much. But um, that that but that's why we have you because you're the one who answers all the uh, all the questions that I can't answer.
1: Yeah. Well, you want to take Friday out because you like to work Saturday morning, Dave. That's oh, that's it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that's good. I'll,
0: I'll I'll watch for that when I'm when I'm sitting in the office uh, on Saturday mornings myself. But um, you know what? We were going to go in a different direction, but why, why don't I just throw that in as a quick question? You, you, you Do you ever use something like that, like an observation where you, you start to see, so we've, we've talked about corporate real estate on on, uh, on this podcast and uh, commercial real estate. And do you, do you ever look at the the, the the flow of people in the office or as you're walking down in downtown Toronto in the underground, the traffic level there, does that ever give you any, you know, just a, a data point in terms of where you might, use that to make a decision or ask a different question of a company you're investing in?
1: Uh, Yeah, no, for sure. Uh, um, You know, just looking around, like, you know, no matter what we're doing on any given day, we're always trying to, you know, pay attention to some observable fact, uh, you know, that might be out in front of us. Um, And, uh, you know, the other thing that's amazing, too, is we have all these alternative data services uh, these days as well. So not just what you see, but uh, mobile phone data, how often cell towers ping, yep. uh, parking lot payments, all sorts of things. Uh, you know, the ability to get a different view on on some traditional measures is is uh, about a hundred times better than it used to be.
0: Okay, so now 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 I know you were the one who uh, who ratted me out to my boss for not being in the office last Friday. Well,
1: we do have find my iPhone on each other's iPhones, Dave. So it's uh,
0: there. We go. So yeah, that's that's interesting because I I uh, I know. Uh, I, I, I know I, I, I always watch when I'm when I'm traveling around, I'm always watching for for what's uh, what's happening at retail stores and such. So uh, just a good feel for for activity levels and that you've, you've got obviously stronger data in, in, in your position. And but but that you, you obviously do apply that kind of stuff. hundred percent. So so Stu, let's 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 talk about I, I think maybe one of the one of the bigger concerns that you and I share uh, over the long haul uh, w- with respect to investing and that is that is you know people people trying to time the market but 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 more importantly just sitting and waiting on the sidelines for for extended periods of time and and missing important rallies in the market or 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 good rallies in the market by 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 just not being invested and you know we we, we look at the last year and, and we've seen a, a really nice move in uh, in the stock market and a, and, a, and a fairly good move in the in the bond market as well and there's probably more money sitting on the sidelines in Canada um, in, in, in cash and cash equivalents than we've than we've ever seen and and so and, and even we as we we've talked on the podcast we've been more proponents of kind of dollar cost averaging in instead of taking a big lump sum and you can sit back now with 2020 hindsight and a 30% rally in the S&P 500 and say wow I wish I'd been all in and there but jumped in with both feet last October at the bottom how how do you how, how do you think about that in terms of of you know going back and looking and saying like hey did I miss something should I have been more aggressive as a, as as an investment manager, um you know did I did I have the right assessment of risk versus return weighed out, um do, do you use that as a as a point of learning just for 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 someone who's who's sitting sat on the sidelines and you haven't you're you're mostly invested in 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 the investment. Pro- programs that you manage, but, but for someone who's been sitting in cash and watched the S and P 500 gain 30% over the last nine months, um, how, how should they be thinking about it? And, and, and from your, how do you think about that?
1: Well, you know, first and foremost, uh, you know, it's only human to use hindsight. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so when yeah. you use hindsight, uh, you know, and you look backwards, you either had too much risk or not enough return. It's uh, pretty cut and dry. Yeah. Um, you know, I think the thing that we always look at is is trying to balance, uh, you know, risk and reward on any given day, which, you know, in this environment has probably led us a little bit more towards dollar cost averaging. Yeah. And, um, you know, I think, you know, so the, the kind of general framework that, you know, we sit with is long term, you know, corporate earnings will go around, seven, grow around 7% and um, we might collect a dividend of depending on which country you know, maybe 2% or something like that, you know, generally speaking, it'd be higher in Canada. And um, so you have this kind of long-term earnings growth, and then you have the multiple that stocks trade at. And, uh, you know, if you go through a long period of time, the average is around 15, maybe 16 times or something like this. So when you're above it, and you're a long-term investor, you're like, I might have to revisit that average at some point in my life. And when you're below it, you're like, I'm getting an incremental return because I'm going to get a valuation improvement and those earnings growth. So, you know, when, when you have below average valuation, uh, you know, the job of an investment manager is a little bit easier because you have a lot of odds on your side. Like the risk return, scale is heavily tilted in the favor of the long-term investor. And when you get up to a very high valuation, uh, the reverse is true. And, um, you know, we've been in an environment where those two types of environments haven't really presented themselves. We've, yes. we've been, uh, you know, we've been, uh, you know, maybe at the very, you know, lows of last year, we were right around 15 times earnings, maybe 16 times earnings. Yeah. And today, you know, if we didn't really have a recession, we might be around 19 times earnings. So, <clears throat> you know, we're elevated here. Uh, I don't think it's elevated in a manner that destroys the long-term value proposition of equities, but it is elevated. And that, that multiple, uh, it moves around a lot more than the earnings themselves do. And it moves around on sentiment, and it moves around with interest rates, moves around with inflation, all sorts of things. So, you know, as inflation has has come down, the multiple has expanded. It did so when a sentiment was poor, so there was money to flow in. And, you know, you get a move in the stock market that, you know, maybe went from, you know, 16 and a half times earning to 19. And, uh, you know, if we were just on the street and I said 16, 19, you're like, yeah, well, 16, 19, they kind of sound the same. Well, that's, it's almost (laughs) 20% different, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, so, so we try and look for those, you know, extremes when we're going to make like a big, a big call, but they just don't present themselves as frequently as we might like. So then we try and use these tools around risk and return that tries to measure sentiment and the direction of interest rates and all sorts of things. And, uh, you know, that's kind of how you tweak the portfolio at the margin. But when you're in this kind of, uh, you know, short-term no-man's land, which it felt like we've been in for some time, still reasonable longer-term context, you know, that's where dollar cost averaging becomes pretty important. And, you know, the other thing that's the major difference between, you know, now and where we've been for most of the decade was... You know, I'm sure you've used the word Tina, like there is no alternative. <laughs> yes, yes. So, you know, when when 10-year bonds were 1.5% and you thought the equity market might rally 10, that was an 8.5% gap. Like, you know, there was this like significant urgency, like I cannot miss that. But when you can collect 55 or 6 on a portfolio of bonds and you think the equity market might do that that same 10% or something like this, these The risk return is not the same as it was, right? The sense of urgency is like, well, you know, these things might come into play or these things might come into play. So, you know, an investment manager is always trying to, uh, you know, balance, uh, you know, all these different forces at play and, um, and kind of acknowledges in advance that, uh, you know, in any given year, like stocks are going to go down 10% from top to bottom at some point in the year. They almost always do to some degree. And they also kind of rally. Uh, sometimes you can't totally explain it. So, you know, that's uh, you know, that's just the you know the the world we live in.
0: Yeah, and and I mean, uh, it, if you look at it from an investment perspective, if I started dollar cost averaging a year ago, I would have spent the the first three months watching the market drop significantly. Would have bought, gone in the first three months and been buying and bought down, 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 and then the the next nine months you'd you'd be buying up, up, up. But you would now be, you know, fully invested. You would be up pretty significantly overall, and now you go forward from here with your with your holdings. Yeah, that's so. Yeah, that's right. And and
1: you know, it's it's part of a plan too, right? Like, like you know, I'm I'm big on roadmaps. I like yeah. I like to understand you know where we're going, and and uh, you know, there's there's lots of people that just sit there and say, hey, listen, I'm going to be at this. I'm going to save for thirty years. So today, tomorrow, I don't care. I'm putting it all in. And, you know, that's kind of their their mindset. And that's that's great in those instances. But a lot of us don't have that mindset. And, you know, dollar cost averaging kind of is the uh, the kind of catch all. Like if you buy some and it goes down, you get a better price and then it turns out longer term. And if you buy some and it goes up, at least you got started.
0: Yeah. And, and then and with what you're doing with the with the different holdings in 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 one of your funds is your um, you're, you're, gonna, you're you're not going to establish a full position in that particular company immediately. You're going to wade your way in, e- even if you're, you know, really, really excited about the current price.
1: 100%. Like, you know, just to, you know, circle back to what we started with on, you know, something like real estate. You know, there's, yeah. there's pockets of real estate that are extremely buoyant right now. Industrial, some apartments, things like this. There's other pockets like office real estate that are maybe struggling a little bit in the near term combination of the you know how often, how much are people working downtown and maybe a little bit of extra supply that has come on from prior years. but you know if you looked at if you looked out and said you know like three years ago like I'm pretty certain that no one's gonna build another office building. So yeah. the absorption uh, now starts to work in your favor right like today you have so much new supply and you have so much absorption. Even if the absorption is not very high, but you just stop new supply, eventually you'll chew through it. So you start to chew through it. And then, uh, you know, maybe some businesses that, you know, do spend some time uh, as a team in the office, they start to excel. And management says, hey, we got to be back in the office. Uh, Or, you know, we get back to the office and, you know, we realized during COVID we hired some people and space is tight. So, you know, you kind of have this, you know, framework like three years from now do i think office will look better than it does today in all likelihood yes is it going to happen tomorrow no so you know i got a game plan about you know how do we how do we think about you know getting capital to work into that type of an idea so you know might have a stock that 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 would favor that type of an investment it might go down another 25% in the next 6 or 9 months because people are very short term but it also might double from this current level as uh, you know, eventually the recovery presents itself in two or three years' uh, time. So when you're managing a portfolio, you always have some things that are working now, but you have to also always be planting seeds, uh, you know, that will come to fruition later.
0: Yeah, and 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 the 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 side that I think a lot of investors forget um, is, it, and and what you're talking about, what you're doing, the the, the key word is you're managing risk as well. Right. You're, you're not just looking, you're not just thinking, oh, there, I, I've got to get this at the exact bottom so I get 100% upside on this. I'm looking at a broader portfolio and the overall risk of that portfolio and how I want to be positioned over time, what level of risk I want to have, which I adjust here and there. But it's the risk management that a lot of people who are buying their own individual stocks and bonds or even, even moving around within asset classes um, so, sometimes forget. Hundred percent. Yeah,
1: like uh, you used to have a colleague here that said, uh, you know, how thick is the ice? How deep is the water? You know, in terms of <laughs> risk, right? Um, you know, which is which is still one of the best analogies I've ever heard for risk. And you know, just because you thought about risk and you maybe positioned the portfolio to avoid something, if it never takes place, it doesn't mean it was necessarily a bad idea, right? Ah, um, and it's and right. it's because it's because some of the alternatives might have better risk adjusted returns in your eyes at that particular point in time. So, you know, like, you know, any investment manager is always thinking about risk, you're always trying to think about like, what type of return am I trying to generate? What type of characteristics does the investor want on that return? How can I best do it? What are the alternatives? How can I, you know, have, you know, I'm not necessarily minimizing volatility of the actual price movement on a given day, but how can I minimize the longer term volatility by putting money to work in something where the odds are in our favor? right exactly
0: exactly and and then um, you know you've talked a lot about sentiment I, I know that's something that 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 you like to think about so people get too excited that gives you pause cause for concern people are too pessimistic that's just, hmm, that that's interesting um, you you look at what's happening around the forecast of the recession right and 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 I think you you know you've seen since people have been, I guess a little bit more, oh, skeptical of the uh, uh, that that we may have a recession at some point in the future and exactly when that's going to happen. That's where you saw markets start to rally, but you've now gotten to a point where I almost get worried because you've you've seen some pretty significant, uh, you know, ad, um, analysts and bodies around the world like the IMF, who have taken the recession risk down a lot. I guess I think, I think uh, Chairman Powell of the Federal Reserve even said he doesn't think we're going to have a recession now. Um, after we were, you know, you had some people who were 100% are having a recession. Seems like a pretty big move in sentiment and and almost scares me the other way. When we're going to, when everyone's 100% sure we're going to have a recession, we're not, you get back to zero, 20%, those kind of things, maybe that's... Uh, maybe we just haven't noticed that the, the risks are building for that, for that ultimate pullback, right?
1: Well, it's a great point. Um, you know, longer term returns are generated by earnings growth and dividends. Shorter term returns are generated when perception changes. It's, it's the major cause of short term returns. So when you look you know, back to the experience we've had since middle of May, no question, it is uh, the perception that <clears throat> the odds of recession are, are lower than the stock market predicted it at that time. So when you take, you know, if you have a range of outcomes and one of them is negative and you remove the negative outcome, the rest of it rises. It's not that the positive outcome is necessarily any better. It's just you took the negative one off the table. You know, time will tell. Like there there are some very good indicators and there are some very good lessons about monetary policy working with a lag. And you know, we go back and we look at those indicators and, you know, there has been lots of times, unfortunately, where we've had big rallies just to see them end as the recession was a little bit farther away than we thought it was. So, you know, we're, we've studied those cases, we were studying them this morning, and, you know, that's something that we have to be wary of when stock markets have gone well, gone done well, you know, now, uh, if you're sitting there saying uh, it's unlikely there's gonna be a recession, In May, that didn't need to be true to make money in the stock market. Today, that needs to be true to make Uh, money in the stock market, or or it has to be more likely. So, you know, that's the way, you know, as price changes, price goes down, your long-term odds have improved, price goes up, they haven't improved. And that's what we're always trying to balance. And and you raise great points about, you know, how this this sentiment has shifted on uh, the likelihood of uh, a recession, yet we still don't... uh, yeah, we still don't know because there's lots of indicators that suggest uh, that that eventually there'll be some concern. Wow, that's just uh, overall. That's
0: a fantastic synopsis of uh, of a lot of the ground we've covered over the uh, over the last three years doing this uh, podcast on an almost weekly basis, except when one of us goes away. You're you're going on vacation next week. But uh, but you're working the whole week, which I guess is, again, regular listeners will know that uh, that's just kind of par for the course for you. Par
1: for the course. That's a good one for me. Yep.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And you're and you're you're going to go into some meetings and have some uh, probably some really interesting things to share when we uh, when we do get back. We'll skip next week and we'll come back in a couple of weeks and catch up with you and uh, and see where things are because I'll be on vacation working as well. So great. We'll. uh, we'll we'll catch you then. So Stu, thanks for this. Really love that last bit around the um pricing move and um and how that changes uh and 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 then particularly around the whole idea of this this move in May. Uh which, which could could very well be a valid move if if we don't have a recession. But you but you, you that that's the scenario that the the markets are betting on right now. So we'll see uh we'll see if the markets are right again or or wrong again.
1: Great. Well, thanks very much, Dave, and have a good break yourself, and uh, we'll catch up uh, shortly. Same to you, Stu. Take care. Thanks, Dave. This recording has been provided by RBC Global Asset Management, Inc. for informational purposes only and is not intended to be investment or financial advice. You should consult your own legal, accounting, tax, investment, or financial planning advisors before engaging in any
0: transactions.